0: to another episode of the podcast to be named later i am noah hiles he is alex and alex it's report card time it is the final report card of the year we did this before the year started or we did this for the first quarter we did Mm -hmm. this for the half we did this for the third quarter and now the year's over who's graduating who's staying back who simply just didn't show up to class enough. We're going to talk about all of that for the next two days. This is what we're going to be doing. We're going to give you a little preview of the layout here for the next two shows. So for today's show, we will be grading the entire pitching staff of the Pittsburgh pirates. If they pitch more than five games this year, we're going to provide analysis on them. Some guys are going to get more comments than others. uh, But Alex and I are going to give a letter grade for pretty much everyone who pitched for the pirates, uh, Tomorrow's show will be batter-centric. So we're going to grade the catchers, the infielders, the outfielders, the coaching staff, and tie it all in. So that's what we're going to do the next two days. It's report card time. It's our final grades. It will really be the final 2020-based subject around the Pirates that we'll talk about on this show. Everything after this will be about off-season stuff and things moving forward into the 2021 season. So, Alex – Pitching staff grades, let's start with the starting pitching. We'll start with the starters, right? That's that's only fitting, right? Mm -hmm. So going through this list, I think it's only fair that we start with the guy who was on the bump to start the 2020 season. It was Joe Musgrove. Um, We got to go through these semi-quick because there's like a million pitchers. So I'm going to just say my grade real fast. I gave Joe Musgrove a C plus. I said he couldn't stay healthy, which is a continued theme in his career. Uh, He had a good finish, and he had a good uh, K-9, which I liked, but the health continues to be an issue with Big Joe.
1: See, I gave a C-plus also, but it was for a great finish. Like, he had the lowest FIP out of any starter in baseball in September. Like, this is Joe Musgrove, what he could be if he just stopped throwing so many damn fastballs, and I think it finally kind of sank in at the end of the year. Like, he still thinks he's a fastball pitcher, throw the breaking stuff more. C-plus, whatever he was on, he was really good.
0: All right, moving forward, Trevor Williams, I'll let you start with this one.
1: Yeah, I'm giving Trevor enough. Trevor came into this year, I, even halfway through, for the sake of argument, you know, played devil's advocate, I said best starter, man, that was a really bad second half of the season, just all the way around. Like, even that last start that he had, that was overall pretty good results-wise, a lot of times he missed the glove, a lot of hard contact, it just didn't leave the park here's someone who came into this year that I thought you know he's healthy the fastball's got play a little better he seems to make he seems to have found out something with his curveball and we just saw him kind of regress to what felt comfortable for a bit which was the fastball slider and then not mixing in the change up as much as he probably should second half of the year things really went off the rail whenever he started making mechanics changes which I'll be honest I didn't see a whole lot of mechanical changes i I know I'm not saying like I, I should be able to see it with the naked eye but it just didn't look that whole much different, a whole, whole lot different, except for the fact that he was pitching out of the stretch the entire time. Yeah. Maybe that's a good thing going forward, but it was in this case. Trevor has gone from someone who two years ago, you're like, this is a really good guy to have in your rotation to a serious non-tender candidate this offseason.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't give him an F because I compared him to the other guys I gave failing grades to, and I just didn't feel like he was in – that similar of a category as them, uh, but I gave him a D. I, I, I the D minus is a dumb grade in my opinion. So I just you know the lowest I can give aside from an F is a D. So I gave Trevor a D. Horrible year. Uh, he had a couple of good starts, uh, especially toward the beginning of the season. But like you said, it was just a train wreck after maybe his fifth or sixth outing. He just really couldn't get it on track. On paper, that final start he had was good, but even that wasn't that great of an outing because of all the reasons you highlighted Um, his future with the club should be in question. And this is a guy that, like you said, Alex, he's he's, the tender, isn't a guaranteed. Uh, And what, what the pirates have to ask themselves, what's the gain by bringing Trevor Williams back aside from simply maybe hoping he bounces back and you can trade him and get something for him. Maybe he just fills a spot on a roster of a team that's in a rebuild. Those are the two only things that I could think of. Uh yeah, and there's just the amount of home runs he allowed this year was just yeah. unbelievable. And some of them to his credit weren't necessarily bad pitches, but 2018 that second half is starting to look more and more like it was an anomaly.
1: Well, I don't know even if it was an anomaly as much as it was the ball wasn't it wasn't a super ball yet. That's true. Like here, here's the guy who got soft contact. He got fly balls, but they stayed in the yard and now
0: they're leaving. All right. So we're moving forward now to Stephen Brault, um, who I gave a B to. I uh, gave him a solid B, um, which I think is what Stephen Brault on his best of days, he's a B quality pitcher. He's never going to be an A. When I'm grading pitchers and I give someone an A, I'm saying they had an ace quality season, you know, someone who was really good. Um, and Stephen Brault's not going to ever be an a type pitcher uh but he can be a b guy and that's that's what he was this year and that's what he's kind of been the last couple of seasons um he's been consistent he's showed improvement as the year gone on and he's developed into a more diverse pitcher i would say uh he's thrown the changeup and slider a lot more this season uh, he has had a lot more command, I feel like, on the mound, and I feel as if uh, if he had any type of fielding support when he was out there or run support, his record would have been better, and I and his outings would have gone better. This is a guy that, in a few of his outings in a row, he was forced to throw a lot more pitches than he should have because of defensive mistakes that took place behind him and i asked him about that numerous times during this past season you know how frustrating could that be and being the good guy and teammate that he was he kind of brushed that question off but it has to be frustrating where there were times where Stephen brought was at 100 pitches through five innings and if his defense behind him just did his jo- did their job he would have been at maybe 75 80 pitches and that makes a difference that could have Put a couple more wins on his total that could have maybe made his ERA a little lower, stuff like that. That makes a difference uh, in a guy's overall numbers. I thought Steven Brault was good. He was the pitcher of the year for the Pirates, so yeah, I'll give him a B. Alex, you're great.
1: Yeah, I'm giving him a B as well. I think he's been he probably was the most improved starter on the staff. Here was a guy who his first couple years in Pittsburgh, it's like, well, this is is this guy just Jeff Locke again? Is he a swingman? Is he a lefty reliever? I think he really took steps this year, like you said, with the change-up, with the breaking ball. I think here's a guy who did make changes mechanically, especially on the front foot where he landed. And I think maturity-wise, these last couple starts that he had at the end of the year, whatever, he just shut off his brain, and he put all his faith in Jacob Stallings. I don't know if he could do that over a full season, but I think that's something. It's good, like, hey, I'm not going to get in my own damn way. I'm going to do what I think is best you know, for me to get out and put out a quality outing. I, 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 this is probably the second year in a row. He's been the staff quote unquote, big air quotes, ace, not saying that yeah. he is, but he was probably the best starter on the team. I, he has my highest grade here, with the B.
0: Oh, okay. So moving forward, um, it's your turn to go first, but because of what you said, I want to go first again here and that, uh, I gave Mitch Keller a B plus, uh, who's our next guy we're grading. And it, I don't know. I mean, he was really good when healthy and the the health thing. Yeah. That's kind of scary that he had some troubles or whatever, but I mean the end of the season that he had, yeah, the walks are going to come, but this is what we hope to see. Hope. This is what we all hope to see from him last year when he was called up to the big leagues where the stuff, the potential's there and it's just kind of honing it in and he's still really young. He was still technically a rookie this year. Uh, and this is someone, I mean, he, he, doesn't have like Brian Hayes excitement level surrounding him, but this is probably the most exciting pitching prospect, uh, that they've had to work with in a while now where glass now had the hype around him, but you know, he, he never really had the kind of success like that. And it was, it's small success, but nonetheless, it's something where fans can look at this and see, Hey, this guy could actually be kind of good. So that's, that's my grade for Mitch Keller. At B plus.
1: I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, Keller's a B- minus for me. I, the control problems in that last start were concerning. The fastball velocity starting off a little slow was concerning. I think we saw a lot of the stuff of what Mitch Keller could bring in the future. Like, And this is a guy who, going into next year, should be one of the frontline starters in the staff. This is a guy that can be a frontline starter in this rotation for years to come. Just a couple... Kind of weird issues that we didn't really see in the rookie year. Like we didn't see control issues in the rookie year, but we saw him a couple times here. Uh, the breaking ball looked a lot better. Fastball looked a lot, a lot better. A lot of good parts going forward. It's going to be kind of the same situation as going into last year. Like, hey, now it's time to bring it all together. And he had what? Five starts. I'm not going to fault him too much for, for this.
0: All right, fair enough. Uh, Chad Cool. Alex, you can go first.
1: Chad Cool is tied with Steven Broad. I guess I should have said. For, for the highest grade on the staff. I gave him a B also. Here's a guy who came into this year, really didn't have like a definitive role, like even coming into spring training in Bradenton. That was one of the questions that we, you know, just peppered poor Chad with the entire time. Like, hey, have they talked about, you know, being you being a starter, you being a reliever? He's like, I don't know, man. They, they haven't really told me. So it's, it's, the way he was able to pitch through all these changes with, with the COVID with uh, being a piggyback for a while and then ending the season, you know, throwing a couple really good starts at the end of the year, he only really had one or two bad outings. I think this entire season, Uh, they're really bad, which unfortunately that Kansas city start sunk him and we sunk the grade probably at least half, if not a whole lot of grade. But I think there was a lot of encouraging stuff to take from this season from him. The one area that I am going to be concerned about is the blister cuticle issue, issue that he had this entire year, and it really hurt his fastball, he said, at some points. Is that something that's going to be recurring going forward, or was that something that's isolated in 2020?
0: I actually was a little bit more harsh on Chad Cool. I gave him a C-plus for the sense of this. Um, I think we figured out what Chad Cool is, where you talked about how he, we didn't know what his role was in spring training. I think Chad Cool's best served as that piggyback guy. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to see Chad cool. I mean, he's fine as a starter. That's whatever. But I I like him the best in that second guy in the piggyback thing where he can get, you know, give you three innings. And I I don't want to necessarily limit him as a long reliever, but I think he's kind of the ideal hybrid pitcher in modern baseball, someone you can use as an opener, as a piggyback guy, something like that, you know? And I don't know if that necessarily has a fit on this team with what they're trying to do right now, but I think Chad Cool could be sold to an Oakland A's, to a Minnesota Twins, to, you know, maybe even a Cleveland Indians or teams that get creative with how they use their bullpen and uh, they could, they could really do well with him. So that was my grade for Chad Cool. We got three guys, two that, only really one that we can get a lot of analysis in, and that's JT Brubaker. Alex, you want to go first for him again?
1: Yeah, Brubaker. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't see as many four-seamers as I thought we were going to coming into the air, but the sinker-slider combo worked well, and the curveball he mixed in over the course of the season. I would rather have that be his third pitch than the change-up. Some encouraging signs. Kind of, and results, it's, it's going to be, again, bringing it all together. Here's the guy who I think can be part of the Pirates rotation for years to come. I have him as a B-. minus.
0: That's what I had as well. I just kind of thought, you know, this was a guy who I didn't really expect to be a start. I mean, I guess I expected him to make starts, but not as many as he did. And considering all the different scenarios where they threw him in as a bullpen guy, as a piggyback guy, and then just as a starter, he handled all of them relatively well. Uh, I like the stuff. I like his ability to, you know, get strikeouts. Uh, and he's someone that I think moving forward, the Pirates can feel positive about the, the results. If you look at the back of his baseball card, it's not going to blow you away. Um, but it's his first year in the big leagues. I think that that's, that was an encouraging first step for JT Brubaker, who's coming off of a 2019 injury riddled season. Uh, good stuff from him. All right. And then real quick to close this out, the starting pitching half of the show, Derek Holland and Cody Ponce. I'll go real quick and give my grades for both. I give Derek Holland a D. Um, he wasn't good, but maybe he provided some leadership. So that's why I didn't give him an F. And Cody, Bonce, Cody Ponce, I gave a B. He was really good in the short amount of time we saw him. So those are my grades. And that's, rounds out my Pirates pitching staff GPA to around a C plus after calculating everything. So, and I think that that's fair that the Pirates pitching staff, they're about a C or C plus quality staff.
1: Oh man, I didn't do the calculations on mine. So whenever I'm talking, I'm going to all
0: similar grades though. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had Derek Holland as a D also. I think he does have a future as a lefty reliever somewhere, maybe even with the Pirates, because if you look at this bullpen, The only guy who really looks like, yeah, I'm a a lefty and I'm going to be a part of it next year is Howard, unless you really feel good about Austin Davis or Nick Turley. So I think Holland has a chance for that. And for Pons, I give a B minus. I think he showed some stuff. I think he showed that the fastballs can play, that you know, he just needs that one breaking pitch. I I know I sound like a a broken record there, but if he proves that he has that one breaking pitch, here's a guy who I think can slide into the back end of the rotation. So I gave him a B minus also.
0: All right, so we just did the starting pitchers. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will grade the bullpen to wrap up the show when we return. Second half of the show, Alex, we just did the starters. Let's get into the bullpen now. Call to the bullpen. Um, we got a lot of names to go through, so we're going to have to be a little bit more efficient with our time here, uh, which has always been a weakness for us when we're talking baseball or most other things. Uh, But we'll we'll start off with the guy who played closer, Closer. filled the closer role I should say for the majority of the season and that's Richard Rodriguez and I'm going to give Rich Rod a B plus I thought Rich Rod had a great bounce back year he sucked at one point in the season and it was right before the Pirates were able to trade him away and then as soon as they couldn't trade him he started being good again which unfortunate for the franchise but good for him uh an overall pretty positive year for Richard Rodriguez who was in desperate need of one
1: I, I just gave Rich Ron an A. Like, I just cut sure. to the chase. I think he was one of the best pit, relief pitchers in baseball in September. Um, I think this was the best he ever pitched. Like, even that 2018, it considered. In my head, there were only two times where it's like, man, Richard Rodriguez lost that game. And one of them, like, his cleat got stuck, which is, you know, such a freak occurrence that I'm not going to chalk that up to Rodriguez's fault. And then the other I one... three
0: times. Opening <laughs> day... The cleat, and then the walk-off homer to Milwaukee.
1: I forgot about opening day, but yeah, Milwaukee. Yep. But That was also a different retrod. Like, mm-hmm. Remember how concerned we were about that fastball velocity whenever he got it back? I I, I give him an a name. I think he was another one of those guys that kind of had his role changed, found that closer spot, pitched really well. I'm going to be intrigued to see if the Pirates really try to train him or if this is like a peace offering from Charrington to Shelton. Like, okay, you can keep your closer.
0: Kyle Crick go ahead Alex
1: I'm giving him enough I know I know a lot of that is probably not fair because of the injury but whenever he was on the mound stuff just didn't look good and I don't know how much of that was you know he didn't have the long spring training or summer camp how much of that was relying on the injury but this is the first time I'm really concerned about Kyle Crick going into the next year like last year I, after 2019, he he had a really bad year, but I still feel confident like he's got to put it all together. This is the first time where it's like, man, I don't know if he's gonna find that fastball velocity again. This is this is concerning for him. I'm
0: giving I'm giving him a D because I'm done with him. I'm done with Kyle Crick. I'm I'm they've got other people, and to be honest, they're not gonna get anything for him. What's the point of keeping him around? I I don't know. I mean, yeah, he was his numbers looked kind of good in the limited use, but I just. I don't know. If he's ever, no. Not, no, not really. He Never mind. Like
1: Six unearned runs.
0: Yeah. It's just, yeah. He I'm done with Kyle Crick. Uh Chris Stratton is our next one. And I will give a B to uh Chris Stratton, major improvement this year. This when they acquired this guy in 2019, this is exactly what they had in mind for him. Uh just to be that long reliever and someone that they put in more scenarios than he was probably prepared for this year. But this was his first true year of knowing that he was going to be a 100% bullpen guy. He embraced it and he, he did really well. Yeah. There were times where he got rocked and that's going to happen. But I think looking through everyone's numbers in the bullpen, if they played 162 games, I think Chris Stratton had the bet, the best chance to keep his consistent numbers compared to anyone else rich rod was probably better uh other guys actually were probably better uh in addition to rich rod but i think chris stratton showed probably the most consistency and just this is who he is and you could bring him in with runners on base to end an inning you could bring him in in long relief situations and they also pitch them sometimes in the seventh and the eighth uh just an overall really good bullpen arm for them this year i give him a b
1: I'm I'm gonna mimic everything you just said there. I, I'm giving him a B, someone who a good middle relief option. You know, I need two innings out of here. Go with that.
0: Keone Keller.
1: I'm giving an eye. I'm sorry. I he just wasn't around, and I don't blame him for the COVID. I don't blame him for the arm injury. It just stuff happens, so I, I'm, I'm I'm exempting him.
0: Now I'm gonna give him an F, and because yeah, a lot of stuff's happened with Keone Kella, this was people don't talk about this. This was a horrible trade. It was a good trade. It was a good idea, but and it gets overshadowed because less than 24 hours later they traded away the future of our franchise, uh, <laughs> of their franchise for Chris Archer, and that didn't work out or whatever. But Keone Kella has been an absolute bust his entire time with the Pirates. He pitched well in September. In a couple of seasons where it really didn't even matter. It just, yeah. And, the, and for him, just everything. And some of the stuff you, can, you can't control, like the injuries and catching COVID. But some of the other things he was able to control. And quite frankly, he's been kind of a pain in the ass and for the team on numerous occasions. And some of that stuff is his fault. Some of that stuff isn't his fault. I'm not going to grade you know, say he's a bad person or whatever, but there's always kind of something with this guy. And I, I'm not going out on a limb to say that. I think most people would agree with it. And uh, just just a bad trade for the Pirates. I give it an F and uh, I give him an F.
1: Out of curiosity, what do you think Keanu Kela's career ERA is with the Pirates? I know it's met with injuries. All three years he was injured at some point, but what was his ERA Whatever he was on the mound?
0: Do you have it in front yes. of you? yes probably low it's probably like 210 249 yeah i mean he was good but like it just i just looked at when they acquired him i just thought like this could be their andrew miller the right-handed version of it you know just someone who comes in in any scenario and he has that junkyard dog mentality he's a fighter uh, you know he, he's he's aggressive he could be their just their their ace of spades coming out of the pen and make a real difference and he really didn't do that it just it was always hurt, always there's always something with Keone Kella. And I and I liked him. Every interaction that I've had with him was fine. But it's just like this was just a bad trade. I'd rather have Taylor Hearn than Keone Keller right now. That's
1: why that's the risk you take whenever you buy.
0: Saves. Yeah, I know. Um Michael Feliz, just see the great above. Not as much you know anger or anything with but it's just like michael Flea, What? how much longer are we gonna do this
1: i gave him an yeah. eye also but i think there's a really good chance that he'll be non tender maybe not really That's good but there's thing. a serious chance
0: I, and for most other guys who played in less than 10 games i didn't really give them a letter grade but for these two guys i just just leave like we're done with this i'm done talking about this all right um sam howard alex i'll let you go first i know you have some high praise for this guy
1: yeah, I gave Sam Howard a B plus. Here's a guy who, at the beginning of the year, I, I, I'm I eating some crow here, because at the beginning of the year, he <laughs> came up after Miguel Del Pozo, and I put that in a call. I'm like, yo, this guy was brought up after Miguel Del Pozo. What do you expect here? But here's a guy who really just pitched well the entire year. Like I, I did. This is a completely different Sam Howard than I met uh, during Pirates Fest during January, and a different one that I talked to in spring training this is a guy who really attacked especially with the breaking pitch that was a really good slider it's he showed that he could throw it you know 55 60 percent of the time and still get swings and misses with it here's a guy who i whenever i'm building the 2021 rotate or bullpen i don't know what it's going to look like i don't know who's going to get non-tender necessarily right now i could take some educated guesses i won't for the most part but I, I don't know who's going to be closing. I don't know if Richard Rodriguez is going to be traded. I don't. It, it, there's a lot of stuff like that. All I do know is Sam Howard is going to be in there as a left-handed reliever. Maybe he was used in a later role more than he should have this year, just because of everything that did happen to the bullpen. But this is a guy that, yeah, yeah. Here's a good guy to have in your bullpen. I give him a B plus, and if we're going based off of expectations that I had for the guy going into the year, a solid A.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what I gave him. I gave him an A simply because this is someone that going into the year, I looked at Sam Howard's name on a piece of paper and said, this person means nothing to this franchise. Not now, not in the future, not ever, but everything you said, Alex, this is, this is a guy who's going to be looked at coming into 2021 as a positive someone that, Hey, we have Sam Howard. That's what like the, the staff can say. That's what the coaches can say. That's what the, members on the team can say is, Hey, we have this guy. He's a left-handed guy and he can get us some outs in big situations. And he might be valuable for other teams later on, which when you're in a rebuild, that's something to consider. I don't think he gets traded anytime soon. Uh, but yeah, this is, this was a very pleasant surprise. And he and another guy we're going to talk about. Uh, were a pair of really nice surprises in a bullpen that hasn't had anyone step up in a couple of years. And so good for him. I give him an a, we're moving forward now to, to, oh, okay. Well, it was nice so the fun and positive vibes lasted, but we're on to Davidis De- Navaraskis.
1: F. I I'm giving a, myself an F for thinking I saw something at the beginning of the year. Here's a guy who I'd be shocked if he's still part at yeah. this time next month.
0: I give him a D because simply he, was, uh, he had some good outings, but, you know, it's just, again, move on. We're done with this. I, I just, yes, you know. Uh, I, I got
1: suckered good by what I thought was Davitis turning do. a corner.
0: Um, I just, I, I love when our boss talks about Davitis Navaroskis. I, I mean, the man is passionate about a lot of things, but like, I've seen few flames lit under that man's ass compared to when. Travis Scott starts playing over the the speakers, and number sixty six is jogging to the mound from left center field. He's just like, "Oh my god, here we go!" It was. It's always a good reaction from him. It was very funny. Um, moving forward, Miguel Del Pozo, uh, Z.
1: I'm gonna go into like the alpha and beta. You know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what, what, what's lower? Lambda <laughs> or no? <laughs> Omega is the last in the Greek alphabet, I believe. Okay. Yeah,
1: I'll you know, go with
0: Omega. Yeah, I think that that's it. I haven't uh, – I had to learn that, you know, when I was a freshman or whatever, but I haven't had to talk about that in a while. Um, Yeah, DePozo, I almost want to give him an A for, like, content. Like, he – Miguel DePozo <laughs> gave us a lot to talk about this year. Not in a good way, but, like, I mean, there's times where, like, you got to think of questions to ask you got to think of things to write you got to think of segments to record and especially early on uh when i was just starting and you were all over the place like on the traveling and i needed like solo segments i was like this guy is kind of a gift right now so miguel del pozo someone he's going to be a fun trivia question in 10 years from now um jeff hartleap quite literally the opposite from miguel del pozo alex what do you got for him I
1: gave Hartleap a B, and that's kind of weighted down with a sour finish where he just couldn't find the strike zone, which is something mm-hmm. that I, I it definitely needs to be you know, watched going into next year. But here's a guy who last year had the rough season, but if you watch the guy pitch, he had incredible sync and he had incredible movement on the slider. It's like, can he just figure out how to put it together? And for most of the year, he did. Like, here's a guy who there was – The last time the Pirates had a pitcher who could come in with runners on base and just strand them like he was, it was prime Jared Hughes. Like this is a guy who – that he became like a fireman for this in in that regard. So there's a lot of good stuff there. The walks at the end are concerning going into next year. But he's got a borderline – like movement-wise, it's like a borderline elite sinker and like a really good slider to play off of that too that tunnels it he's changed his arm slot a little bit which i think is helping him out i i, I gave him a b but overall a very good year that was just kind of he, he he was an a student and then he flung to the final
0: yeah i i actually gave him an a still and i agree with everything you just said um and you probably won't agree with what i'm about to say here but if i'm looking at a young pitcher and i am going to take confidence that he is he has the confidence now he believes in himself he got some big outs against some big teams I mean I remember him them bringing mm. him in one game against I think he faced like Baez Rizzo and Bryant right in a row and he retired them and stuff like that that to me is more important moving into this offseason him getting that confidence as opposed to location you can figure out how to locate your pitches and I get that that's not as easy as it just sounds like If I were him, I'd quite simply just throw it over, you know, throw it where it needs to go. It's a lot harder than it sounds. And I get that that's going to be a significant challenge moving forward, but I would rather have him struggling with that. Not struggling, but working on that, because that's something you're always going to continue to work on. But when you're a young reliever, finding that confidence, understanding that you do belong in the show, not only in the show, but you do belong in the seventh. You do belong in the eighth. When there's bases loaded and no outs, you could tell as the year went on this is a guy who stood up in the bullpen saying like give me the damn ball I will get us out of this. And that is invaluable for someone young in the bullpen to have. That kind of swagger and confidence. And I and that's that's important. That's why I gave him an A. Uh, the location it might it might work itself out or it could be an Achilles heel for him and we'll we'll come to find that out. But I think the year that he had this year was a huge step forward, even bigger than Sam Howard's and Jeff Hartley's gonna be another asset to the Pittsburgh Pirates moving forward. Nick Turley.
1: I gave a C two and I I think it's not really all his fault because he was used as like the seventh inning guy, whatever. In reality, he shouldn't have been. Like, here's a guy who probably should only be, like, a lefty reliever if we're looking at, like, what his trajectory is. You know, he did a pretty good job getting lefties out this year. But, yeah, I I can't really get worked up for Turley for the most part. I, I gave him a C. All I right.
0: don't know if he's I, back next year. Yeah, I don't know if he is either. I actually gave him a B- minus because I didn't think Nick Turley would really play any kind of a role on the team this year and he wasn't terrible he was an average bullpen pitcher in my opinion which is better than I thought he'd be so I gave him a b minus not great uh not bad though yeah just yeah I didn't b-. think
1: he was average though he showed signs whenever he was average and then he would get lit up yeah every once in a while I, don't know.
0: I mean Nick Turley I think ah uh, yeah I don't know I I, I just I didn't think he was as bad as some people thought he was. But anyway, uh, real quick as we round this out, quick grades, Alex. Uh, Nick Trapino, I gave a B.
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll follow uh, that.
0: Tyler Bashler, I gave a D.
1: I I, And I. I'm not grading oh, okay. Tyler Bachelor. Oh, oh.
0: I thought you were stuttering. Uh, Austin Davis. I can't remember one thing that Austin Davis did this year. Like, I remember him on the mound, but I can't remember a single pitch he threw. I can't remember a single out he recorded. Like, I, I just remember seeing him on the mound, and that's literally all I can remember about Austin Davis. I couldn't tell you what pitches he throws or anything. Like, I just draw a blank when it comes to him, so I give him an eye.
1: I. I'm giving Austin Davis a B- minus because okay. as someone who did have to watch at the end, he's like, eh. He's, he's actually I mean, pitching pretty well.
0: I've watched as well, but like I just, I think my brain was just like
1: you, you were like, going on autopilot. I don't blame I, you because by Austin time, Davis coming into a game, it's like, well, this one's over.
0: Well, by the time Austin Davis was coming in, I, I like when it, that last two weeks of the season, I was watching the game to find two things to talk about on the podcast. Unless if I had to write about the game, I'm like, I just need two subjects. So like by the time Austin Davis was in, I'm like. All right, we got our things. Whoever this guy is, sure, Austin Davis. I'm pretty sure you're a quarterback for the Browns also, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Nick Birdie. Uh, I'm going to give him three-letter grades, RIP. Oof. And that's that's kind of a messed up Oof. joke I just made or whatever. But, like, in all reality, I just don't see how this guy continues to pitch. Very sad. A lot of talent. We've already talked about Nick Birdie enough, though. Just, Just tough break after tough break.
1: I gave him an eye. I mean – he, Should he give him an, an L after him.
0: that as well. I L. Uh, Ow. Yeah, sorry. I that's those are mean, but hey. Wow, no one's going for blood. Not, I mean, hey, you know, like it wasn't a good year, we have to be honest. Uh and then last last but not least, uh Blake Cedarlin, I gave a B plus. I would have given him an A. Uh if he's like the kid where I'll be a biased teacher. He had his annoying parents. He should have been up a lot earlier. And if it was a if it was a kid, I it didn't. If, if I if I wasn't mad at his parents, he would have gotten an A. But I'm giving him a B plus despite the pirates because he should have been up a lot earlier.
1: Yeah, I'll give him a B plus also. I know he got kind of hit up, and I think it was his last downing, or second to last downing, But yeah, he showed downing. that stuff plays. I'm a stuff guy. I'm sorry, and stuff looked great.
0: All right. Well. Alex, any final thoughts? I, I, uh, the bullpen grades out at a C-plus for me. Sounds like that would probably be similar to what you had it as as well.
1: I'm not going to write it out because, I mean, I don't want to count poor Miguel Del Pozo weight him as equally as Richard Rodriguez, so I'll just say uh, uh, C-plus as well. Yes,
0: when I graded it, I weighted guys who played less than 10 games as, like, less credit hours and stuff. I took this very seriously. But be sure to follow us on social media hit that subscribe all button leave a comment on our website or on our on the podcast platform of which you so choose to listen to us on thanks for tuning in we'll have more grades coming for you tomorrow show we'll see you then